This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, A People's History. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, A People's History premieres May 9th, streaming on Hulu. I guess full disclosure, Eric, I got to say, when this was first pitched and the potential for a conversation about Bad Trip was pitched to the show, um, one of my colleagues, she sent me this clip of you and Larry King in an interview oh, yeah. from years ago that scared the crap out of me. All right, Because you gave that man hell. Hell on earth. I put him through the ringer. Do you have a secret talent? Yes. What is that? Uh, I... Ken 69 with Larry King. Anytime I want. And when they sent me that, I was like, I can't talk to this man. He's going <laughs> to annihilate me. He's going to destroy me. Like, do you remember that, that interview? Yeah, no, I remember it very well. And it's one of my favorite interviews outside of the interviews for my show. What do you think of this election? I think it's sassy. Sassy? Yeah. What makes you angry? Larry King. <laughs> I love when you book the intellectual. Oh. He was asking me ridiculous questions at that point. He, he wasn't listening. Would you lo- you want me to be a guest on your show? <laughs> I do. I thought we already established that. What's the best? I'm trying to have a connection with you, and you're just glued What's to the, the best piece? You love to like occupy the awkward space. Yes. You just you seem really comfortable there. Like Larry Kane is squirming, he is angry, and you're just like I'm not always totally comfortable there, but I know it's good television because it's interesting. <laughs> it's provocative. It forces an emotion out of the viewer. You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR, and this episode. I swallow my fear and interview the ever-provocative comedian Eric Andre. You may have seen a lot of Eric recently. He is out with this new prank film called Bad Trip. It has hit number one on Netflix a few times since it was released at the end of March this year. This movie, Bad Trip, it is a buddy road trip film meets rom-com meets hidden camera prank show. So in the movie, Eric Andre stars alongside fellow comedians Lil Rel Howery, and Tiffany Haddish. Their characters are fictional, telling this fictional story. But all along the way, they're playing these pranks on real people. Help me! The cops won't get here in time! What the hell you do to him? You better steal your ass back up that wall! Bad Trip is not Eric Andre's first time doing pranks. Since 2012, he has hosted The Eric Andre Show. The fifth season of that show premiered on Adult Swim last year. That show, The Eric Andre Show, it is this weird send-up of the late-night talk show format. Also very funny, also very absurd, and full of pranks. No, like there's that. dead Please birds. No, dead me. birds. What else is coming down? It's just, it's just dead, dead birds. birds. <laughs> In this chat, we talk all things prank with Eric Andre and why, unlike a lot of other prank TV and movies, his stuff sometimes ends up having a heart. We also discuss how pranking while black can complicate things. Uh, let's talk about Bad Trip okay. for folks that haven't seen it. Give them a quick plot synopsis. Uh, it's a, it's a hidden camera prank 
movie, but there's a narrative, there's a story within the hidden camera prank. Uh, that's, that's basically a love story. It's a buddy, a buddy road trip comedy, a la Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Borat meets Dumb and Dumber. There we go. But black. But black. Black Borat. Blorat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Blorat. Um, I don't want to give away too much, but I do want you. If it's you're, out, uh, the movie's out already. Give it away. It is out, but there's some people who haven't seen give it. Give it away. Like, I'm, 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 right, okay, <laughs> give it away. Give it away. Give it away. Spoiler alert, everyone! At the end, they all die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, babe. Um, break down one of the plots and like how you make it work. Seeing these pranks happen. My question the whole time was just like, how does he pull this off? Like, pe- some people have to know, some people can't know. But no, the cameras no, but are there. nobody knows except the actors, except for me, Michaela, Tiffany Haddish, and Rel. Um, people, we, we never had a fake reaction. Our ethos going into it was like, can never have a fake reaction, even if you just need a line of exposition out of a uh, out of somebody that you're pranking. It has to be authentic. For so, for instance. There's a scene where I break out into musical. I realize I'm in love with Maria, the love interest in the movie, and I'm talking to this older gentleman on a on a on a bench right outside of the mall, and I'm tell, asking him. I'm having this existential debate on whether I should live, stay in New York and toil in these miserable menial jobs, or if I should chase love and go to New York. I talked to that guy probably for like 90 minutes before I got two sentences out of him that I needed to kick off the whole road trip, which was, I just needed him to say, uh, I was like, what do you think? Do you think I should stay here and toil in obscurity or do you think I should go and take a chance on love? And like, I've never felt this way about a woman before. What do you have going here? I don't got anything going here. That's the thing. I got, you know, my best friend is here, my friend Bud. And you know, I say, Go for it. If you don't, the rest of your life, you're going to be sitting here saying, what if I would have, what if I Yeah, what am I doing here? The scene's probably two minutes long. I talked to that guy for almost two hours just to get that one little piece of information out of him because there's huh. no fake reactions in the movie. We have to have everyone having a genuine reaction. So that was our ethos going into it. So that's Are a little bit of the whole time. And we're recording the whole time on multiple cameras, on like 19 cameras. We have and like. And this dude doesn't see the cameras? No, they're all hidden. So they're either like camera operators hidden inside parked minivans with tinted windows or like special boxes and fake walls that we build into walls, into existing building structures. There's people with, we had coffee cup cameras. We have these little Go- GoPro. I swear to God. And we Stop can, it. We can send out, I should show pictures more on Instagram. You should. So yeah, there's no, there's no fake reactions throughout the movie. Are you surprised that strangers will talk to you that long? Especially when you're going into some weird, strange places. I am, I am, but I, I had it down to a science where... I kind of knew how to charm them enough to get them to talk to me, but also make them think I'm completely nuts. And a lot of them, a lot of them were like stuck there. Like the, the army recruitment guy was stuck there doing his job, so he couldn't really leave. He was on his shift, yeah. so he, he was kind of yeah. trapped. Yeah. You just gotta get it together, man. Talk to your buddy and apologize to him, and you'll be fine. Just tell him how you feel. Just tell him you're sorry. Yeah. yeah. And if he's really your friend, and you guys have been friends for as long as you have, yeah. he's gonna forgive you. Were there any pranks that you couldn't use? 
Yeah, we shot a bunch. I mean, we, we released some of them. We did a prank with Chris Rock, and the person we were pranking recognized Chris right away, obviously, because he's very, very, Which very you had famous. to have expected. Yeah, we yeah. were hoping. We had him semi-disguised, but his voice is so iconic and recognizable. So that, that was the biggest heartbreak, because he just, he did the movie, like, he did the movie for no money. He flew himself out. He just did it as a fan, and to have to cut one of my heroes from the movie was very heartbreaking. We also did this, and, we, and you could see, you could see, we just posted it online. We also did this prank where, and we stayed at me and Rel, Rel and I stayed at a, a haunted motel for the night, and we, um, I get possessed, you know, a la The Exorcist. And we had this real preacher that we found, this real Georgian preacher come in. Shut up. And like perform oh an exorcist on me. Exorcist on me. We, we, we just released a bunch of um, deleted scenes so you can see them on, on YouTube. What is your demonic possession voice? I, 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 it's kind of like my Eric Andre show voice. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the fifth season of the Eric Andre show! Very macho man, Randy Savage. Like, <laughs> it's that kind of, it's kind of like how I do stand up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What was the most dangerous thing that happened to you and Rel and the whole team during the there's, taping of these pranks? There's a scene where Rel, my character, Rel's character, our penises get stuck in a Chinese finger trap. <laughs> Even when say it i've seen it twice i've watched this movie twice and when you say what the pranks are it like breaks me down all over again i'm sorry go ahead i just <laughs> and we went into this kind of like hood barber shop in atlanta and uh don't undersell it first so y'all have these like prosthetic penis yeah we yes exactly. connected through an oversized Chinese finger trap. Yes, and we're stretching it back and forth. We're trying to get out of the penis trap. We're tra we're trapped in the thing. So we asked this barber politely to use his scissors to cut us out of this trap, and the guy did not think it was funny. Hey, sir, can you get our out of this thing? No, you know, you know, hey, 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 you know what? He chased us out of the, his barbershop with a knife, and he and he told us later he was lucky. He's like, "You're lucky I didn't bring my gun to work. I usually bring my gun." And that was Rel's first day of shooting, so it, Rel, Rel, <laughs> Rel quit the movie for like 24 hours. We didn't have Rel, um, nice because we almost murdered him. <laughs> yeah, and also Rel didn't just quit. Rel called up his friend Tiffany Haddish. He to called. Be like, he called what Tiffany. The hell? He called <laughs> Tiffany to vent. And Tiffany started laughing at him. He's like, Eric John just got me doing this prank movie. He's almost got me killed. And she thought it was so funny that she called me after she, she got off the phone with Rel. And she was like, yo, you almost got Rel killed? And I was like, yeah, don't tell anybody. I was embarrassed. And, and she goes, nah, like, I live for that Get me in there. Like, like <laughs> I love doing, like, she'd done some prank shows on MTV and Comedy Central. She's like, sign me up. I'll, I'll do any of that. Like, I live for that stuff. And coincidentally, the woman that was supposed to play Rel's sister had just dropped out because she had a, she had a um, scheduling conflict with her television show. So it was pennies from huh. heaven. I mean, like, it was a casting from heaven. And because obviously Tiffany's just brilliant. So, so um, it added so much value to the movie. Yeah. Coming up, how do you make a hidden camera prank movie while black? It's complicated. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Discover. Here's a familiar situation. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. 
With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. In stressful times, you want to spend your time checking out not just what's best, but what's best for you. We know you care about what you watch, what you read, and what you listen to. NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast is with you five days a week to make sure that time is well spent. Listen now to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. So talking about these pranks where knives are pulled, etc. Did you have to have any extra safety precautions around the potential for those things? Because y'all aren't Johnny Knoxville. Y'all are... Y'all are black people. We after the knife incident, we beefed up our security. We did have a security <laughs> guard during that, but we leveled it up a lot after okay. that because that was a nightmare. So yeah, uh, yeah and I, my safe word was popcorn, but I kept forgetting my safe word in those violent moments. <laughs> I kept saying I kept, I kept saying goosebumps for some reason. My mind just re-recorded goosebumps over popcorn, so I'd be yelling at security. Goosebumps, goosebumps, goosebumps. And they'd be like, huh? And I go, popcorn. Um. <laughs> Dude, do you do you think it was riskier doing the pranks that you're doing with a team of people of color as opposed to like literally Johnny Knoxville and the white yeah, folks? Yeah, it, 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 it can be. I mean, you know, it's funny. I even talked to Knoxville about this. Knoxville had a prank that he did back in the day in, in Jackass where – he was in an orange prison jumpsuit with um, handcuffs and leg cuffs, and he went into a hardware store, and he was like, can you saw these uh, handcuffs off me? What do you got? And cops, <laughs> cops came and, like, almost arrested him, and and I was just, like, thinking, like, yeah, me and Rel, me and Rel did that shit, we'd be dead. <laughs> You'd be dead. Yeah. They would shoot you on sight. They would shoot you on sight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was things like that where it was like, I mean, we had – Tiffany in an orange jumpsuit, but you know what? That was a very contained, like, except for the graffiti removal guy that, that we locked down the street for her own safety. Oh, really? So we're, we weren't letting, like, um, pedestrians on that street. We, we like, kind of trapped that guy, unbeknownst to him. You take your ass off. You better take off. You better... You better run. Man, I'm going to get my car, and I'm going to go to Mexico, and I'm going to just start all over, man. Get those clothes off and get... The- out of here. Can I borrow your vest? I can't give you my vest. You my lookout. I never forget a face. Go. Thank you for helping me escape. Hidden camera means <laughs> poor hitting, guy. Hidden camera means hitting crew. So we kind of like isolated that guy without his knowledge, so that, that 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 Tiffany would be safe in the orange jumpsuit. I love that guy. Yeah, he was guy. he was a freaking good sport. Oh my god, he's amazing. Um, on top of like the team doing these pranks being black and brown, I noticed a lot of the like civilians and bystanders involved in on the sidelines and wrapped up in these pranks. They're also people of color. Yeah. Was that intentional? Um not directly intentional. A lot of we sh- we filmed the majority of the movie in Atlanta, you know, and around well, that Georgia. explains a lot. So <laughs> There's just a lot of black people in Atlanta, but also <laughs> some black cast in compromised situation. Our characters are always in compromised situation, and it was just nice seeing 
black people help black people out. It was like the, yeah. the, the people were pranking were like even more invested because me and Rel are in peril in so many situations. <laughs> and uh also like black people have better reactions. Like black people are so emphatic and like like <laughs> a lot of people in the movie like wear their heart on their sleeve in the way like they don't hide their feelings. Like some like no. like like if you prank like a white businessman, they just kind of like, well, that's weird. I'm just going to walk away. You know what I mean? Versus the women. Whereas like the black woman starts praying for you. Yes. Literally. Or the woman in <laughs> um, in the chicken wing shop, J.R. Crickets, that's like, when Love Tiffany her. comes the in. short-haired she, woman? Yeah, yeah, Jackie. What's She's her name? She's amazing. Hey, did you see these dudes? Did they come up in here? Oh, sorry, they just met. I'm about to call you. Did anybody here see we played these <laughs> and she's yeah, like, I was just about to call you. you, girl, <laughs> when Tiffany came back. <laughs> she's like, I went to school with the police. I'm in security. I don't, I don't forget a face. But she's just so charismatic. Like, if she was a stuffy white businessman who's like, you know, work, works for a hedge fund, I don't think we would have gotten that same. Same yeah, reaction yeah. And like, there's also when you are when you're getting those kind of reactions from people of color, it's also revealing something that I never saw a lot of in punked or jackass or even Borat. And th- and and lots of reviewers have spoken about this in the film Bad Trip. There's a certain humanity that's revealed yeah. in these people that are being pranked. Yeah. They are usually nice, they're usually kind, and they're trying to help in spite of them being totally discombobulated mm-hmm. by the prank. Totally. You know what? When we first showed the movie to Sasha Baron Cohen, he had the best, like, succinct, astute review. And he turned to me and he goes, you know, my movies are about exposing the corruption and hypocrisy of, like, wealthy white oligarchs. He goes, your Mm. movie is about showing the humanity and the beauty and the good Samaritan nature of black people and working class people. And, like, he Mm. goes, I really hope your movie, like, unites the working class because we're pitted against each other so often through class and race that your movie shows the humanity of the proletariat. And I was like, wow, like right as he ended the movie, like that was the first thing out of his mouth. All right, coming up, when it comes to comedy and being offensive, where is Eric Andre's line? This message comes from NPR sponsor, Teladoc Health. There are lots of reasons for wanting to be healthy, family, work, living a fuller life. Teladoc Health understands. Whether you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or just need to manage your weight, Teladoc Health can help. Visit TeladocHealth.com slash What's Your Why for more information. That's T-E-L-A-D-O-C Health slash What's Your Why. The news is about more than what just happened. You need to know why it happened, who made it happen, how it's felt in the communities you care about. NPR's daily news podcast, Consider This, gives you all of that with context, backstory, and analysis on a single topic every weekday. It's not just information. It's what the news means. Consider this from NPR. So one of the pranks in the movie, someone beats up a blind person. Yes. Another 
prank in the movie. I would just say for, the, for your audience listening, that is a stunt man, by the way. Okay, that wasn't right, a real okay, blind yeah. person out in the streets. That is a stunt. Yes, that is, yes, yes. That is a non-blind stunt man. Yes. People in the wild are thinking that you're like beating up a blind. Yeah, well, not me, Michaela. Yes, yes, yes. And then there's like the gorilla sex scene at the zoo. Yes. Is there a barometer for offensiveness when you're thinking about pranks and what will end up in the movie? Like, is there a line you will not cross, or do you not think about it that way? You know, thinking about a line to not cross or cross is like you're always threading the needle when you're doing shock comedy. And I think shock comedy and being provocative and sometimes polarizing in your comedy is very important, not just in comedy, but in all art. But I think behind every creative comedic choice or any creative artistic choice of any artistic medium, fine art, literature, poetry, dance, um, I think it, it comes down to two things. It comes down to intent and context. I think it's very easy for anybody to recontextualize any scene from any movie or any any work of art, any medium, and mm-hmm. be offended by it, you know. Um, mur- murder, like the act of murder is horrible, right? You would say murdering somebody is very I horrible. Say. I would say. Yet when we're watching John Wick in the movie theaters and Keanu Reeves. I'm like, kill him. Yeah. Kill him yeah. all. Ke- Keanu Reeves <laughs> is murdering a million stuntmen. At no point are you like, you know what? That's kind of messed up because Jeffrey Dahmer murdered some people. Um, and you're not being sensitive to their plight. You wouldn't think that because you're looking at John Wick in a specific context. So there's context and there's intent. There's never any malicious intent behind any of my, I can't speak for all comedians, but behind my creative comedic choices, there's never malicious intent. My only intent is to make um, the audience laugh and even make the people I'm pranking laugh eventually once the prank yeah. is revealed. So. Yeah. Um, okay, and that makes sense. Context is almost for the audience. That's the burden of the audience. I think you can recontextualize any any scene from any movie, whether it's comedy or drama or any art form. But it's it's up to you to put the pieces together and and kind of understand the context of of, of, of any scene. Yeah. So you do pranks on the Eric Andre show yeah. as well, and whenever I read about that show and read about you talking about it, a word that is always tossed about as absurdist yes um and then in this interview with indy wire i really love something you told them you said that your goal with these pranks is not to be mean but to instead warp people's reality to the point of psychosis yeah and i was like whoa huh what do you mean by that what don't I mean by that, my friend, is the question. <laughs> no, I think pranks, you have to thread the needle with pranks because it's very easy to do to make a prank feel mean or mean-spirited. And I don't think there's any creative value in being mean or malicious. Uh, I don't think it's, like, watchable even or fun. You know, it should, it should be a fun watch. So mm-hmm. the way to keep pranks ethical and make them fun and enjoyable to watch is um, distorting reality to its to, to the nth degree, which is the the verge of uh, psychosis. <laughs> when you get people to that state, yes, what do you hope they bring back with them to the real world? Uh, 
I hope they have a story to tell for the rest of their life. That's nice. Yeah. Last question for you. Um, I've heard a lot of folks, I've seen a lot of folks ask about who you most want to prank, but I'm wondering who you would never prank and why. Oh, gosh. I don't know. That's a good question, too. Who would I never prank? Oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. That's okay. I, I, got, I got an answer. We found out LeVar Burton wanted to do the show season five, and he did. So I was about to Love I was about to put him in the chair and prank him. And I looked at my director and my writing partner and I go, I grew up on reading Rainbow and Star Trek and Roots. Mm. And LeVar Burton's work is so like like he raised me. Like those are such seminal like I watched Star Trek with my grandma. My mom made me watch mm. Roots when I was eight years old onwards and when I was That's kind of young for roots, bro. No, my mom was like my 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 my, my, my mom's the white one too and she is more well <laughs> my mom is more into black rights than my dad. My dad is like <laughs> my, dad's black. my mom's like, my mom when she was 18 years old was at the march on Washington and saw Martin Luther King's okay. I had a dream speech in 1963 okay. when she was 18. All years right. Old. Um, Come so through, my, ally. Mom, my mom has been woke since day one, but <laughs> LeVar Burton was so part of my childhood that I like, I go, I, I turn to my producing partners and I go, I don't have the heart to prank him. Like I can't, I just, I can't do it. And I was like trying to write pranks for LeVar Burton. And I was like, I can't, it's like, I don't know what it'd be like pranking my grandmother or like pranking Santa Claus. Like, He's like almost mythical, like in my yeah. in my heart. So I just we had him on the show and we had him do like wacky pranks with the other guests, but he was like in on it. Like we didn't prank, we didn't sit him in the couch and prank him. So that that's my answer, Lavar Burton. I'm really grateful to you for this time and this conversation. Of but I'm also thankful. I realized thinking about this interview and this movie and my questions for you, I think what I like most about what Bad Trip does right now is it gives viewers this like hour and a half of just black joy, black absurdity, yeah. and black hijinks. Yes. And this moment when all the other news is black pain and black trauma yes. and black suffering. Yes. So I thank you for that. Of course. And it meant a lot to me. Thank you. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Thanks again to comedian Eric Andre. His latest movie, Bad Trip, is out on Netflix now. I liked it so much, I watched it twice. That never happens. Also, all five seasons of The Eric Andre Show are streaming right now on Hulu. Speaking of video, dear listeners, if you want to uh, watch me with the mic in my hand talking to Eric Andre, there's an extended version of this interview with Eric Andre on YouTube. Yes, it's at youtube.com slash NPR. All right, listeners, this episode of It's Been a Minute was produced by Andrea Gutierrez, and it was edited by Jordana Hokeman. Listeners, take care of yourselves. Find something to laugh about. Till next time, stay safe. I'm Sam Sanders. We'll talk soon. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. 
For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com slash NPR. In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts.